0: Father in heaven, thank you for the hope of eternal life. Thank you for the love that you have for our world. Even now, as we're watching at home or wherever we are tuning in, Lord, would you give us assurance in your love? And would you help us to be able to carry on even in a unique time like this? Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for the scriptures that offer us timeless truth, transcendent truth from your own mouth that's relevant to us today. We may worry about what we eat or what we drink, but your word says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. So would you feed our souls today, Lord God, that we might be nourished to carry on. In Jesus' name, amen. This virus has exposed something. Something about human nature that uh, people in prosperous Western countries would prefer to ignore or maybe have forgotten. Something that I think is quite relevant and quite near, actually, to most developing societies across the world that don't share in the prosperity that we have. This virus has exposed the reality that we live in a vulnerable society, and we are a fragile people. I've felt this, I've seen this. We've seen the vulnerabilities in the rapid spread of this virus, the dramatic downturn of the economy, Uh, the effects on businesses and jobs and income. We see the fragility of it in the way that we've responded, sometimes with panic and with fear. In light of these uncertain times, these uncomfortable realities that we'd prefer to ignore but have been clearly exposed, I believe that if we're going to carry on in a way that glorifies God, in a way that is good for our souls, we can only carry on if we learn to struggle through in prayer. To some people, the call or the thought of um, sending thoughts and prayers in a time of crisis seems actually rather um, ignorant and ill-advised. We hear that all the time when a crisis happens and people simply say empty platitudes on social media sending my thoughts and prayers they hear that and they say just like no what we need right now is concrete action thoughts and prayers it's childish and foolish I would invite you to come with me to the Garden of Gethsemane come with me and see Jesus In a time in his life when the Son of God, the Savior of the world, was at the most vulnerable and most fragile moment of his eternal existence. At his most vulnerable and fragile moment in life, the night before he would be betrayed by a close friend, falsely accused by the religious establishment for a crime he didn't commit, abandoned by his followers before being tortured and killed in the most gruesome way that humans have devised in that vulnerable and fragile moment jesus was praying hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 to 8 describes that moment hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 to 8 says in the days of his flesh jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. What a thought. The perfect, perfectly obedient son of God still had to learn obedience in this vulnerable and fragile moment of crisis and he learned it through prayer at first when he came in to pray he looked at the prospect of 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 what was ahead of him and he he saw it as like a cup with bitter drink of pain and suffering that and at first he prayed if possible, let this cup pass from me, not my will, your will be done. The second time then he prayed, he, he, you can see that he started to learn obedience. And he said, if I must take this cup, let your will be done. And then the third time we see him after he's done praying and is with his followers and one of them tries to defend him from being arrested, he tells him to not defend him. He offers himself up to be arrested and he says, I must take this cup. He, f- he saw the pain. He was fragile. He was vulnerable. But in that moment, when he himself said that his soul was filled with great sorrow he chose to struggle through in prayer. I don't know about you, but I've been anxious this past week. I've been fearful this past week. It brought me to a point of, of, of weakness, but in that point of weakness, God brought me to prayer. Do you feel your own weakness? Do you feel your own vulnerabilities? Do you see the vulnerabilities. Do you feel your own fragility? Come with me and pray like Jesus. If you're struggling through this crisis, then like Jesus, struggle through it in prayer. When we struggle through crisis in prayer, then we can learn to carry on. We don't know how long this is going to last. Lord willing, we'll see it pass. But even Jesus looked for what was ahead of him to pass, but he could still go through it. He could still carry on. When we struggle through a crisis in prayer, we can learn to carry on. I want to invite you to a Turn with me to Matthew 5, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6 and chapter 7, and we're going to look at the teachings of Jesus and see three ways that we can learn to carry on as we struggle through in prayer. When we struggle through crisis in prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance. You can learn to carry on with assurance. Listen to what Jesus taught in Matthew 6, verse 25 to verse 30. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in a barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today alive and is tomorrow thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? When we struggle through crisis in prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance. Assurance is faith that knows what is true. When we struggle through crisis in prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance, knowing the truth knowing the truth that God loves us. God loves you. In the mind of Jesus, God's fatherhood is assurance of his love for us. In We're reading a passage that's part of the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached. It has the familiar commandments that you know about, like do unto others as you would have others do unto you. Judge not, lest you be judged. In this Sermon, his most famous he preached, he refers to God in heaven as Father on 16 time, occasions. The fatherhood of God is important to Jesus. The fatherhood of God assures us that we are valued and that we are loved. In God, or excuse me, Jesus in this passage compares our individual value to the value of birds and flowers. It's spring. Flowers are going to start pushing up soon. Birds have already started chirping a little more frequently. Birds are cheerful. They always have a song. Flowers are beautiful. Fresh flowers always have a fragrance. But to be able to be beautiful and to have a song, birds and flowers don't need supply chains, do they? They don't have to worry about where their food's coming from. It's just there. And normally we don't, Do we? You don't have to worry, normally, about where the toilet paper company uh, gets the fiber for their toilet paper. You don't have to worry about how they process that fiber. You don't have to worry about how they spool that onto the cardboard roll and where the cardboard roll comes from. You don't have to worry about who packages it, who ships it. All you normally expect is that it's there on the shelf when you need it. And a lot of people went to the shelves this weekend and and did not find toilet paper, did they? And they realized, maybe for the first time in a long time, what the rest of the world that doesn't live with the prosperity that we have always lived with. We are fragile. We are vulnerable. We are in need. But Jesus asks a question. Are you less valuable to God than birds Or flowers and I would ask you that same question do you think that you are less loved by God than an inanimate vegetation that's gonna die real soon or a, a little tiny chirping bird do you really believe that God loves you come back again with me to the Garden of Gethsemane. Come back with me again to the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and you'll see how much Jesus knows that you're loved and how much the Father actually loves you. At Jesus' most vulnerable and fragile moment, he wasn't just praying about his own circumstance. He was actually praying for us too. He was praying for all who would believe in him. In John 17, verse 24, Jesus prayed, Jesus prayed, that we would know that we are loved by the Father even as the Father loves the Son. That's what Jesus prayed for you, that you would have the assurance that the same love that the Father has for the Son is the same love that he has for you. This is, this is quite astounding. Do you know How lovable Jesus is? Just before Jesus started his three-year preaching tour around the Sea of Galilee in the first century, he initiated his uh, preaching job by going through the rite of baptism. He was baptized like others were being baptized that day. And when he was baptized, um, the clouds broke open And a voice from heaven, the voice of the Father, came from heaven and affirmed in the hearing of all the people about his son Jesus, the voice said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That's how much the Father loves the Son. That's how much the Father loves you. But I I can understand it would be hard to believe that, right? Because you carry a lot of um, stain on your heart for what you know that you did. Guilt for the past. Shame for what other people have said about you. Baggage from relationships. And you honestly struggle to believe that you could be loved by God. The assurance of God's love is like a life preserver that God extends out to you. Here is his word. Certainly, you you may have done things that maybe you feel like you deserve to be left out of this boat and maybe you'll wait for the next one, but I don't deserve to be pulled into this boat. None of us deserve God's love. The love of God is a grace that he gives to us. I've done things that I'm not ashamed of, just as you've done things that I'm not ashamed of. But the question is, will you trust his word? You are made in his image. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Sure, you could could tread water for a little bit. But the preserver of his love is there for you. Cling to it. Cling to it in prayer. If you're wrestling with this idea that you're you're not loved by God, cling to prayer. When we struggle through crisis in prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance that God truly does love us. It's proven. It's proven in the love that he has for his son. It's proven that he sent his son for you. It's proven that his son was willing to die for you. And that might provide you some measure of assurance, but then your next immediate thought is, you're like, okay, but what about tomorrow? I I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow in this crisis that we're in. I don't know how long this social distancing is gonna be mandated. And you have a lot of questions just like I have a lot of questions. How long will public gatherings be closed? Will I be able to watch playoffs this year? Will they actually open schools after three weeks? What happens if we become quarantined like Italy? Will my elderly parents get through this? Is my small business going to suffer? How is this going to affect my grades going into university because I'm in grade 12? Could I lose my minimum wage job? What do I do with my investments? How are my family members doing across the world in other countries like mainland China? I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Assurance is faith that knows what's true today. And what's true today is that God loves you. Trust is faith that knows what will be true tomorrow. When we struggle through in prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance, knowing that God loves us, and with trust, knowing that God will provide for us. In prayer, we can learn to carry on with trust. Let's read the words of Jesus again. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 to 11 says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What good promises. Verse 9 Or which one of you, if your son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? When we struggle through crisis in prayer, we can learn to carry on with trust, Knowing that God provides for us. He is a father who knows how to give good gifts to his children, who loves us enough to provide us those good gifts. My daughter is about two years old. We go to the park often. She has built a trust with me that she knows that if she's at the edge of, uh, she's on the ledge of the jungle gym and I put my hands up, she can freely throw her weight out into the air because I'll be there to catch her. And she knows she can put her whole weight on me even though she could fall to the ground. She can put her whole weight on me because every time she has, thankfully so far, I've been there to catch her. God is a good father. Many of us didn't have dads like this, though. And this idea of fatherhood is, for some of us, a hindrance to the idea of following God. Because we didn't have that dads who were there who could catch us. When we put our weight out on them, they dropped us. When we put our weight out on them, they pushed back. My friends, you have intrinsic value to your father in heaven. He made you in his image. You are a son. You are a daughter by faith in Jesus. He loves you. What proof do we have that God loves us? What proof do we have that He provides for us? Come again with me and see Jesus. Come again with me to the cross. And you'll see the proof of God's love for you in his son. The cross is proof that God loves you and that he will provide for you. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 says, But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. On the cross, Jesus cried out with a loud voice. It was one of the last things he ever said. He cried out with a loud voice when his flesh was um, hanging on uh, pieces of wood suspended in the air and he yelled my god my god why have you forsaken me at that moment the beloved son was rejected by the father why would the father turn his back on the one whom he was well pleased with who never did any wrong Christianity teaches that everyone is a sinner. I, myself, the the few who are in our room here, all who are watching at home, all across the world, we are all sinners. Sin is turning away from God to follow our own way. Sin alienates us from the Father. When Jesus died on the cross, all of our sin, all of our choices that have turned away from God, all of the debt that we couldn't repay by turning away from him, all of our sin was transferred onto Jesus. Every sin of every human from all of time. Jesus suffered rejection that I deserved and that you deserved so that we could have the acceptance that he earned. So yes, you, you may feel the baggage of your own sin. You may feel the shame of your own sin. You may feel like you deserve to be overlooked. You deserve to be rejected. But if you return to the Father and believe that the death of Jesus was enough for you to be forgiven, then all of your baggage will be removed. All of your shame will be covered. All of your stain will be cleansed, and by faith in Jesus, because he suffered the rejection that you deserve, you can be, receive the acceptance that he earned. The cross is proof that God loves you. If you return to him and believe in Jesus, you won't see a back turned to you. You will see arms wide open to you. The cross is proof that God loves you and that God will provide for you Romans 8 verse 32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? The Father is not withholding. He's already given you his best. Certainly he can give you the food you need for tomorrow. Certainly he loves you enough to care that you might be lacking certainly he is able to supply it. Philippians chapter four says, and my God will supply all our needs richly in Christ Jesus. And we might not feel like we're richly supplied. We might feel like we're lacking. In that same passage in Philippians chapter four, the apostle Paul says, I've learned the secret of being in plenty and need, hunger and want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God has promised that he will provide our needs because he loves us. It's proven at the cross. Do you have assurance? Assurance is faith that knows what is true. And the truth is God loves you. Do you trust God? Can you lean your whole weight on him in prayer? trust is faith that knows what will be true when we have this assurance and this trust it will not just be a thinking thing it will be a doing thing it will change the way that we live when we struggle through crisis in prayer we can carry on with sensibility knowing the truth that our god understands our weaknesses and can help us through them. In prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance, with trust, and with sensibility. Look at the text again with me, Matthew chapter six, verse 31 to 32. Jesus says, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things And your heavenly father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. God understands our weaknesses. Sensibility is faith that lives out the truth that we believe. That God loves us and will provide for us. And it's hard to be sensible in a time of crisis. It feels like the river bank is over flooded. That, that, that the rains won't stop. And that what once was a quiet and tranquil river of life, I just steadily flowed through my every day. Now the river is overflowing and damaging and demolishing everything in its path. Sensibility is uh, sensibility is like putting a dam in the river. It doesn't stop the flow of life. It regulates the flow. It doesn't mean floods won't happen. It doesn't mean the rains won't stop. But it means when the rain pours down and the floods come, the pressure of the water will still press on the dam. But the dam has been built in such a way that it can control the flow of water. It can control the flow of my emotions. It can control the flow of my fear. It can control the flow of my anxiety. It doesn't mean I won't. It doesn't mean there won't be pressure. But it means I can live sensibly. It means, as Jesus said, I can turn from anxiety and focus my attention on God, what what God wants me to focus my attention on. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. See, being a Christian doesn't mean that you'll be an anxiety-free Christian. But it means in the midst of the anxiety, in the midst of the fear, when you struggle through crisis in prayer, you can learn carry on with sensibility. What does sensibility look like? What does it look like to be able to seek first the kingdom, to seek first his righteousness? God's kingdom is the place where he exercises his authority. Righteousness is the way that you would live if you were uh, following that authority. Righteousness is an upright life, not a crooked, an upright life before God that enjoys his goodness because I'm walking in harmony with him. It enjoys his goodness because I'm walking in harmony with him, and it extends his goodness to others. It's living the blessed way, the good life that Jesus taught. puts others before self, and has its greatest joy not in the world that God created, but in the creator of the world himself. The anxious, anxious person can't seek God's kingdom. They can't because their attention is just gripped by their fears, and they're just nearsighted. And all they can focus on is my present need and forget that there's a neighbor that I can encourage Forget that there's another person I can give up some of the resources I've stalked for. You still might think, easy for you to say. You don't know what I'm experiencing. You don't know where I am. You don't know how I'm shut in. And you're right, I don't. And I would hate to think that I'm giving you just cheap platitudes, simple words. I know someone who does understand what you're feeling. I know someone who does understand what you're going through. I know someone who's experienced the anxiety and the fear and the sorrow, but overcame it. Come again with me and see Jesus. See Jesus in his most vulnerable and fragile moments. Listen to Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 to 16. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one Who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. A priest is someone who stands before God and represents the people. Jesus is our high priest. And this text says that he was tempted in every way as we were, but he didn't fall into that temptation. At that vulnerable and fragile moment in the garden, he said his soul was greatly sorrowed. He was wondering, will this cup pass? He was, I'm sure, worried and anxious. He was tempted in every way as we are, yet he overcame it. So this is what it tells us then. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus knows what you're experiencing and he's able to offer you help in your time of need if you struggle through your crisis in prayer. Don't tread water by yourself anymore. Reach out, grab on. When you struggle through in prayer, you can learn to carry on and live sensibly, knowing that Jesus understands your weaknesses. And God can offer you help through them. You're not alone. It might feel like it. I don't know how long this is going to last. I'm thankful that we have governments such as we do that are is willing to make the decisions such as they made. seems like we're at the start of the start of this so now is the time to be able to establish new patterns and new habits so that however long this goes through that we can endure through that we can carry on you can carry on with assurance assurance that God loves you you can carry on with trust that God provides you can carry on with sensibility because God understands and helps. So what reasonable things can we do? What practical steps could we take to be able to start committing ourselves and establishing patterns to struggle through this crisis in prayer and learn to carry on? I'd like to give you four, four practices that we can start doing today. These are things that we shouldn't just be crisis mode things. For the Christian, this should be everyday things. First, I would encourage you to establish a non-negotiable time for undisturbed prayer. Pick a time. Stick to it. Set an alarm on your phone. Don't ignore it when it comes. And then put your phone aside to have undisturbed time with prayer. If you have a family, do it at a time when you can gather your family. If it's hard to do it by yourself, keep that phone there so that you can call a friend and they can help guide you through prayer. But remove devices, open the Bible, read the passage of Scripture, non-negotiable time. We can struggle through a crisis in prayer and learn to carry on. So establish a non-negotiable time. And second, this will take some self-reflection. It'd be some time where instead of just numbing your anxious thoughts by more Netflix or more news or more social media, you just put things aside and you reflect on your own heart. So here's the second practice we can do. Recognize the factors that instigate anxiety in your heart. Maybe it is the news or social media, and you're just consistently over-consuming it. You might respond to something like, well, I need to be informed. And yeah, I think there's a We should. But if the overconsumption of news and media comes at the cost of prayer, that's too high of a price. Too high of a price for your own mental health. Too high of a price for the care that you should be giving your family. Establish a non-negotiable time for undisturbed prayer. Recognize factors that instigate anxiety. Third, um, when you do feel anxious, talk to someone honestly. When, a, when a, a pot is boiling on the oven, don't keep the lid on. Lift the lid off. And talking with someone about when those times come when you start to bubble and boil over, sometimes you might not recognize that you need to turn the heat down, but maybe they can come and help you simmer down when you're boiling over. Find a non-negotiable time. Recognize the factors that instigate anxiety. Tell someone about those factors so that they can help you. And then fourthly, um, it's been interesting how we've been learning from like some like new language that that's not familiar with us. Social distancing, self isolation—like when have I talked about that before? But we've learned some new language in a new normal. Maintain distance. But extend love. We, we should maintain practices of social distancing, but I found in this time that people are remarkably open to talk. And we have the blessing of technology like this. Reach out to people. Reach out to people and let them know that you care for them. Reach out to people and let them know that they're alone. Reach out to your family who you aren't really good at reaching out to. Um, drop a note on your neighbor's door share a roll of toilet paper (laughs) maintain social distance but keep extending love establish a non-negotiable time for undisturbed prayer recognize the factors that instigate anxiety talk to someone when you're feeling anxious don't stop being the light of christ i'd like to close our time with an encouraging story uh, Sometimes it feels like history is progressing in the same direction, but often when we look back, we, we know if we don't learn the les- lessons from history, we're bound to repeat them. Sometimes history feels cyclical. We can learn from the lessons of history again today. In the early 1900s, C.S. Lewis was a philosopher and an Oxford professor who was a really re- reassuring voice for Britain. During the uh, World War II, when uh, nazi germany was uh, doing air raids and bombing london um, the bbc the british broadcasting company asked cs lewis to uh, broadcast um, uh, talks lessons over the radio system where the whole nation was gripped to their radio set listening to talks about the christian faith and how to live the christian life those broadcast talks during world war ii would actually be the initial Um, basis for what became his best-selling book, Mere Christianity. A decade later, after World War II, um, another threat had arisen that caused the world a lot of fear and anxiety. Um, An an atomic bomb was dropped at the end of World War II, and now the threat of nuclear war was at hand. And in the 40s, this reassuring voice, C.S. Lewis, spoke again, and gave hope to his nation. Apparently, people were really consumed with anxious thoughts that day in the same way that we are today with COVID-19. Listen to the words that he said in his essay, How to Live in an Atomic Age. And you could easily change out the word atomic for coronavirus. This might seem like laissez-faire and that he's like just flippantly passing off a significant threat. But when you know that you are loved and provided for by a father in heaven, you can have this type of attitude. He says, in one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in atomic age? I'm tempted to reply, Why, as you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year. As you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia might land and cut your throat any night. Or indeed, as you are already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, when it comes, find us doing sensible and human things. When we struggle through a crisis, in prayer, we can learn to carry on with assurance, knowing that we have a Father in heaven who loves us with trust, knowing that that father provides for us, and with sensibility, knowing that he is a way that he has called us to live, no matter what the day, no matter what the age, no matter what the crisis. Let's carry on together and pray. Father in heaven, thank you that even in a moment I can stop And after directing my attention to the few people here in the room with me and uh, being able to share these words of scripture with uh, the many who are uh, watching online, I'm glad that I'm going to turn my attention to you, knowing that you hear me. Uh, And I believe that you hear us because uh, Christ Jesus is our advocate and because the Holy Spirit is our helper. And because you say to us, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Here's our time of need, God. Help us to struggle through in prayer. I know it's gonna be a struggle. Today has been a struggle for me today. It's been a struggle. I'm anxious. I'm fearful. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, let alone what's gonna happen an hour from now, two hours from now. I don't know what's going to happen in three weeks. Are schools going to open? or schools going to close? I don't know when everyone online is going to be able to be in here with me and I can tell them you are loved to their faces. I, I don't know. But I do have faith to know the truth that you love us. I do have faith to know what will be true that you will provide for us. And I do have faith to live out this truth And be sensible because you understand us and help us but i know that i've only found this truth through prayer so would you help us all lord god to struggle through in prayer and learn to carry on we need this help help us in jesus name amen